This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza. Opening today with a question for Chris Anderson. Chris, when is no, the world going to recognize that you were the first person to recognize how special Jalen Daniels would <laughs> pulled that one out of our mailbag early today. Uh, yeah, accurate. The, the train started a long time ago. Um, you got on before I did. Seems pretty providential, though. It looks like they've got a quarterback in Lawrence and 4-0, first place in the conference, right on the verge of being ranked. Um, what year is this? Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, wonderful question. Uh, I'll pay that poster his $5 later. Um, but yeah, I think it was on one of these podcasts early on. I think it was his freshman year. I just wondered aloud, like, hey, Kansas sucks, you know, that year. And they got this quarterback that has some athleticism, has shown something. Uh, why not put put him out there? Let him learn. Let him build. Let him grow with the the, the guys around him and that was kind of my take on it because I, I I saw that he could be special if you gave him the time and the effort. And when he was just a true freshman, you give him those four years, you could really turn him into something special in a few years. And, and they really didn't do that. They kind of yo-yoed with him. Hey, you're playing. Hey, you're starting. Hey, you're out. We're going with this guy. Never mind. You're back in. Back and forth, back and forth. I believe this is the first year that he's truly been. I mean, I know towards the end of last season, that's when he took over. That's when people started to really realize who he was. Now he's the man. Um, and has looked great so far this year. He looked good again this past week. Um, accounted for five touchdowns and only had four interceptions. I think that, uh, I believe the word is efficient. Incompletions. Four, yeah, excuse me, four incompletions to five Total touchdowns. I think he threw for four and ran for one. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's that's what we call efficient. Remember last year, and they were like, eh, "Should we redshirt him? Should we play him?" Like that. That had a question about whether or not whether or not they should bust his redshirt late in the season because Kansas was going places. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we can give you up the air. Well, that 2020 year doesn't count. So last year really was his true freshman year. Now he's a true sophomore. Um, they have him as a junior because I don't know, maybe he's going to win the Heisman and go pro this year. We can have these conversations now. I, where did I see that? We're recording this Monday morning. I think it was Bill Connolly over at ESPN. Was it a Heisman straw poll and literally leading right now? Jalen Daniels in a, in a Heisman. Uh, no. Okay. It is Bill Connolly. And he says that he's been uh, awarding the Heisman each week of the season, tallying up the points, you know, like each week, like, hey, this guy was the best overall player, second, third, and then giving points like it's a Heisman. And through four weeks, he's got Jalen Daniels as his leader. Now, obviously, he doesn't expect that to be the, the end game or the choice, but I found it interesting that pretty much everybody 
What, what is that called? The, the Q rating? Like, what, <clears throat> what's Jalen Daniels' Q rating right now? Like, is there anybody out there who's zagging? Or do you want do you want to zag, Mike? This is, you can get a little zag in here. Hmm. Everybody else's zig and just be like, is he that good? Is Jalen Daniels that good? He's in the perfect offense for him. Yeah, like that. That's just fun to watch. Like I, I, I didn't know they were going to be this good. Like I just kind of skimmed through their highlights against I don't know whatever that team was they played first Tennessee Tech I think, and I can remember saying, wow man, a lot of like pre snap stuff, and it looks like people are like spinning out of position all the time. And we had like this very ominous warning about. Watch out. If you're going to get big plays against WVU, it's going to be with motion and pre-snap stuff. And that was what happened. But it was all by design. And they've done it every game since. And it's like a video game. Like, if you were playing, that video game comes out now, right? Mm -hmm. How many people are just putting in the Kansas playbook? Yeah. And even crazier, how many people are picking Kansas? (laughs) Just because the quarterback's so fun. But their offense is very good. And, and like, what what kind of freaks me out now is they're 4-0. Chris, they're at home against Iowa State. And then at home against TCU, are we are we prepared for six and zero Kansas? I'm not. I think it's a legitimate possibility, but I'm not mentally prepared to handle that. They they have to gag on one of those, I would think, just because the story has to go sideways at some point. But I don't know. They they're good enough on defense where their offense is going to answer scores, and like you can get into a shootout with Iowa State, maybe TCU too, but. I don't know. Could be fun. Anyways, we interrupt the Kansas portion of the podcast to get to West <laughs> Virginia, where now things look a little bit better than they did before. And if you kind of take time to calibrate your expectations, you realize that, hey, lost to a Kansas team that isn't terrible, but also beat a tech team that maybe isn't as good as expected. We kind of went over this in the postgame podcast Thursday night. Um, be patient with this stuff. Don't get too far ahead of yourself because the schedule strange. And then 48 hours later, the Big 12 was flipped upside down when Kansas State wins. Again, Kansas wins. You have, um, I don't know, Baylor kind of remembering itself a little bit. Iowa State looks like it's going to have some issues offensively throughout the year. And you got West Virginia team with an offense that's, sure, 0-1, but it's going to have some home games and some chances to to be pretty good. But it begins this week on the road against Texas, which is not back. Had a 14-point lead, let it go away, lost in overtime to Texas Tech. That Texas Tech game looms for West Virginia and Neil Brown in particular because it's on the road and he hasn't beaten them yet. Uh, my point being that it's going to be October by the next time we talk for a, a game review, and who knows how much things will change, but volatile conference is what we expected. That's what we're getting in the West Virginia doing its part by going 0-2 and now 2-0. and Yeah, I'm looking at that Texas game, and it, it's going to be tough. I um, have already done a, a preview pod with Chip Brown from our Horns 247 site. And he mentioned something during that talk about Texas and their kind of duality of of home and away, like just just two completely different teams uh, under Steve Sarkeesian. And I looked at this season; it's only it's only four games, three games at home, one game away. So how much can you take from that? But it's there. You, you notice a trend already. Uh, offensively, you play Alabama, so maybe you don't take the offensive stats to heart that much. But they played Alabama tight. Uh, obviously losing 20 to 19 on a last second field goal, but they've given up 20 some more points. Uh, that 37 points against Texas tech was over 20 points more than what they'd been given up on average at home. But went back and looked at last year. Is this, is this a full thing? Is this all of Sarkeesian tenure, tenure kind of thing? The answer is definitively yes. 
Um, on offense, Texas averaged 150 more yards per game at home than they did on the road. On defense, they gave up 100 fewer yards at home than on the road. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, home field advantage is a thing for, for, for the most part, especially in college. But that is a pretty wild swing for a team that's supposed to be, you know, full of five-star talent with professional coaches. Um, really can't be let that kind of swing in. Unfortunately for West Virginia, game's in Austin. So this this is going to be a tougher matchup than I think a lot of people even realize. Let's stick with this for a second. Um, how much do you think home field even matters anymore? I don't know. Like In the NFL, I'm not sure it matters at all, like hardly at all. Um, maybe only a couple teams does it even matter. College, that it's it's more important college than it is in the NFL. I, I don't, I'm not even ready to debate that. Are you ready to debate that? I would think it would in college more just because, I mean, the, the players are variables themselves. Right. Like one differs from the next. Like, never mind locker room, locker, locker. Like, you're, you're, the guy next to you is very different from you, but the person in that locker is going to be different from one day to the next, too, just because young adults, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I would think that the comforts of home and the consistency of home would be a huge advantage, and I, I just don't know that I know that anymore to be, be valid or applicable. Like, I'm looking at the Big 12 expanded standings, right? Yeah. Um, there's one one and no team in conference play at home. It's Texas Tech. Everybody else who won won a road game, and you're like, okay, well that's one week, true, but West Virginia gets a win on the road. Um, Kansas two and zero on the road. Kansas State one and zero on the road. TCU two and zero on the road. Iowa State, Oklahoma one and zero, one and zero. Like that's a lot of road wins, and you're talking about like going to Nebraska to win, which okay, Nebraska's not very good, but like. Oklahoma still got to win that game. Like, there's a lot of road games for teams to win, and that's what's happened here. And, like, now you look at the schedule ahead, and you're like, all right, well, they get them at home, they get them on the road, they get them at home. When you see all these offenses, and in particular the quarterback play at a high level again, I just don't know it's as predictive of value as it was before. Well, unless it's Austin. Unless yeah. it's Austin, Texas, apparently. Presumably, right? Well, which <laughs> seems to bring out the best in WVU quarterbacks and offenses, too. So that's... I guess maybe a good thing if you're West Virginia, right? Because now, like, yeah. all right, we're talking about well, you can't guarantee the road, the, the home games. So maybe you can, maybe you don't have to dismiss the opportunities on the road anymore, either, i.e., Texas, Texas, Texas. So that could be good. Yeah, I was going to say, what I think West Virginia, I'm pulling it up as we speak, as trying to get it right before, but I feel like West Virginia has actually done well at Texas, and my memory is not as bad as I thought. West Virginia, four and two in Austin all time. Actually, better on the road than at home in this series. Only two and three in Morgantown, four and two in Austin, Texas. So, not too shabby. They've won four times at Texas. Four times. I'm looking at it. Uh, one of them was back in 1956. Um, so, I mean, we're counting it. But even still, yeah, again, 2012. Uh, 2016 and 2018. When they played the 2018 game, there was a weird stat about, I'd look it up. I forget, but like West Virginia had won as many like games at Texas as like 
I, I had to look it up. It was it was a bonker stat that I couldn't believe, but it was true. But like their third win there was significant, as like it matched some type of total that Texas had. I forget, but some of the games that they played there have been memorable too. Obviously, you think about the first one, the twenty eighteen one. Um, twenty twenty was not that, but even in between that, they've had like the losses have been entertaining or competitive too. They've had some good ones before. Wasn't there a game where, like there was thirteen guys in the field in the last play or something too? Yeah, well, and, the, and then what was it? Yeah, 2020, even though it was, I mean, 17 13, it wasn't exciting, but that was the going for it on fourth down 16 times in field goal range. And the seemed like pass interference that they didn't call when West Virginia was trying to come down and score and win the game and everything else. And yeah, I'm looking at the scores four point game, one point game, four point game, uh, 17 point game, and then three point game and one point game. So, Five of the six games have been by four points or fewer in, yeah, I, in Austin. I had to look it up. The, the 2016 game, I remember being there, and there was something crazy about, like, Texas had, like, too many guys in the field, and the play still went on. And there was, like, it was a great – the coaches on the West Virginia side were going crazy about what happened. Um, that was 16, right? Yeah, because Greer was 18. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, like, I'll look that one up. Maybe it'll be a fresh set kind of a thing. Like, there's been – interesting moments there too and as the standard with texas when you go to that game you have to get the requisite officials taking a photo at the midfield photograph too which is always my favorite because why wouldn't big 12 officials be so impressed and excited about refereeing a game at texas too it's always kind of amusing to me we'll get into the matchups uh later in the week plenty to do um in podcast form as you mentioned we'll have chip brown you and i will have our preview podcast all the regular things on the written side as well tomorrow tuesday Neil Brown, players, coordinators. Also, a little basketball thing going on today, too. That's getting underway. So, busy time here. But uh, we're not going to be um, forgetting our responsibilities to the mailbag. Let's get into the Q&A, Chris. Well, let's let, let's start with, I guess, Texas here. Um, one of the first questions, or not one of the first questions, but one one of the questions that was repeated several times, and it's it's for good reason. Does Quinn Ewers start against us on Saturday? What are the pros and cons of facing Ewers over Card? That's from T.A. Godwin to Godwin uh, and several others. Uh, Mike, I, I mean, I can chime in with what Chip told us, at least as far as the Sunday night, Monday morning update on Ewers. But uh, I think you might know a lot about the, these two quarterbacks as well and how they compare. Well, Ewers is better. Yes. More talented. What they're trying to do, he's better at that. Here's the question, though. If you're West Virginia, do you want him or Card? I don't know. Because you would think, all right, well, obviously I don't want the better of the two. But that injury he's coming back from is really severe. And I'd be surprised if he came back so quickly, uh, especially him being as young as he is. Like, you're you're kind of putting him, I don't want to say putting him at risk, but that's a lot to ask a young guy to come back from. He's not young, young anymore. But um, but if he gets hit, if he throws the ball weird, Something happens that isn't natural. That thing could really flare up again and could be bad. And then all of a sudden you got him out there. He's not going to be 100% if he plays, which makes you think that he probably won't play. But if he's not 100% and then he's compromised further, well, now you got like a wounded duck back there. And then if you're West Virginia, that's pretty inviting, I would think. So maybe you want to see Ewers back there because he's going to be rusty. He's not going to be 100%. And you could knock a little bit more out of him, I guess, if you wanted to. And Card, Card's still good. Like offense wasn't their problem last week. Um, and... Honestly, Chris, you and I could turn around and hand it off to B. John Robinson. <laughs> um, so, like, that's not necessarily what makes their offense go right now. They do have that capacity to go up and down and score. Uh, Worthy's having 
uh, a ton of cornerbacks now too, so that's good for the passing game. But they do so much running the ball that kind of doesn't matter who quarterback is. To some extent, we still want a playmaker back there, which makes me think I'd want a healthy playmaker if he can go. And I don't know what it is, but I don't think he's going to be 100%. So I would suspect he won't. But I think it's an interesting point, though. Who do you want back there? Do you want the more talented guy who's also injured? Or do you want the guy who's maybe getting some reps? You know, it'll be his third start in a row if it's card. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, second start in a row? I don't know. No, third. But maybe he'll be more comfortable. Maybe he'll be better at things. And again, offense wasn't necessarily the problem last week. Yeah, I think, as you mentioned, yours and considerably better, considerably higher upside, I think. There is a difference in, so let's say style, because I guess you kind of go, your style is whatever your offensive style is, but yours is known more for his arm strength, his deep ball, his throwing, while Card brings a little bit more mobility than yours does. Um, looking at it briefly, again, these are these are not too many stats. It's, it's a limited scope here, but... Yours is averaging over two more yards per completion. Uh, likes to get the ball downfield a little more. So that would be something that would concern me if he was out there because West Virginia's secondary, not, you know, that, that's that been an issue all year long. But as you noted, if his strength is throwing the deep ball, that's going to be hindered by a, was it was a sprained AC joint, right? That's going to be hindered by that kind of injury considerably, I would think. So if he's not 100%, uh, you know, that that's going to really hurt what is the strength of his game. Uh, meanwhile, you think Card is maybe not going to throw it as deep or as accurately as yours is, but he can move with his feet. And you think to the quarterbacks of West Virginia's face this year, that not, might not be a great thing because they did not do a very good job with Jalen Daniels moving around in the pocket, getting outside of the pocket and running on his own. So you, you kind of got to pick your poison when it comes to these two things. Card 20 for 30, 277, two touchdowns, one pick last week against Texas Tech. Uh, better than his previous game. Worthy, their big-time receiver, Xavier Worthy. Seven catches for 91 yards in two starts, a card. So... A lot of your over-the-top, get-it-to-your-best-player stuff hasn't been working quite as well. Um, also injured, by the way. Yeah, that's true, too. How much is he going to play? Is he going to play? I mean, will he be 100%? That's a question, too. They're in, they're, their offense, again, is not, is not the issue, but there are some questions there for sure. Uh, moving on to the next question. Uh, let's see. I'm kinda, they're right here next to each other, so I'll just roll with them. This one from Mole, 1989 A third of the way into the season... Who are the Big 12 award winners, player of the year, newcomer, et cetera? I don't think we need to go full first team, second team here, but Big 12 offensive player of the year or player just player of the year? I mean, I mean come on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So is it a Kansas sweep, I guess, is what I'm asking. Coach of the year? Coach, Yeah, coach of the year, player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, do they have the defensive player of the year? Yeah, I mean, I've, West Virginia, we haven't gotten into Big 12 play, so it's hard for me to really decide who's been playing, you know, amazingly, especially on defense. You kind of get a, a glimpse of what's going on offensively. Defense, I feel like you have to get further into actual conference play or where West Virginia's going to play them before we really know. Are we on the Lonnie Phelps train already? Are we doing this? Are we going to make Lonnie Phelps the defensive player of the year and the newcomer of the year? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's let's rephrase the question to better have a chance at answering it right now. A third of the way through the year, who from West Virginia University is a potential candidate 
for some of the major conference awards. We'll make it easy for us. Okay. I'll just I'll just list them off there. One, two, three, four, five, ten major awards. Offensive play. I'll just say the award. You tell me yes or no whether West Virginia has somebody that that could be potentially in there, and if so, who? Offensive player of the year. No. Defensive player of the year. No. Offensive newcomer of the year. Freshman or newcomer. This is new. There is there is a difference. They do have separate categories. Freshman. Yeah, I think. And newcomer. If Daniels gets hot, two touchdowns a game is going to do it. But if he gets hot, yeah. Defensive newcomer. No. Offensive freshman. Yes. Well, who, Michael? (laughs) What's his name? I forget. The tight end. Okay. By the way, he's listed as a tight end, and everywhere you look his stuff up. Like, when West Virginia hands out the two deep in his dress list, there's a, a running back or a tight end number 12 that's carrying the ball, and other teams are like, wait a minute, is that the right guy? <laughs> like, no, that's him. And then, like, all the all the stat sites have him as a tight end somewhere, too, so it looks kind of funny. Love it. Defensive freshman. I'm not doing it, no. <laughs> I know people want – no, it's not happening. I don't no, oh, yeah, we're going to get to that question in a little bit, so we'll save it. We'll save it. Uh, special teams player of the year. Sure. Yeah, Casey Legg. Uh, West Virginia currently, um, I, I just put this up, I think, moments ago. The I think it was scheduled for my defense and special teams grades. West Virginia is one of only three teams in the country with at least eight field goal attempts and perfect, uh, you know, making it eight for eight. So, oh, Casey see, Leg. I forgot Leg. I thought you were talking about Anthony Del Negro. <laughs> so Leg, worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if, if Del Negro ends up with like five blocks, because I think I think he's only credited with one, right? He didn't get credited with the second one, or did he? He he got the one. He got a lot of credit for the one that Donaldson got against Pitt. Yeah, he wiped out the protection and he got his hand on the oh, one yeah. at Virginia Tech. Okay. Um, offensive lineman of the year. Yeah. You you think there'll be Zach Frazier love? Yeah, uh, I think love? so. Uh, I think Nestor's playing very well too. Yeah. Um, Defensive lineman of the year. Probably because I think he's going to get stats, but right now I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the way anybody's playing right now would get them defensive lineman of the year nominations like sooner or later stats kind of do matter. Yeah. When it comes to these positions and the awards, like ultimately the NFL evaluations, you 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 reach a certain point where like, okay, he's just that guy who doesn't get a lot of stats, but he makes things better. And that's still valuable, but that's not defensive player of the year award in a conference. No. Right. But I, would I mean, if he starts hanging up stats, which could happen, then yeah, still could be. But right now, that, that's hard to talk me into that. Yeah, I do think there's, you know, it's a little more weighted to the performance you have in conference as opposed to non-conference. So if he starts, you know, getting on a tear during league play, I could see it happening. But right now, Stills is on pace. You know, we take we take a quarter of the way th- or yeah, a third of the way through the season. Also, multiply what he's got by three. Um and again, there's more to it than this. A lot more to it than this. NFL scouts know that. Coaches know that. Players know that. We're talking about voting for all conference awards here. And I'm not sure everybody that votes for that knows that. But Stills is currently on pace for 27 tackles. And, oh, well, seven and a half sacks sounds nice. But 27 tackles, seven and a half sacks. Is that, you know, that that alone might not get the attention of a lot of voters and, and get you the votes needed to be the league's best defensive lineman. 
Agreed. Yeah. Um, coach of the year, I think Leipold probably pretty heavily in front. But also this the hole he dug himself in, if Brown ends up with seven, eight wins, yeah. It's a conversation. I don't think he's it, but if yeah, if West Virginia suddenly goes crazy second half of the year and ends up in contention or maybe even makes it to the conference championship game. I mean, don't it's not get crazy here, but yeah. And if Kansas ends up seven and five, six and six, and West Virginia ends up eight and four, nine and three, and in the conference championship game, you could definitely see Neil Brown getting some talk for that. If they end up nine and three, he's coach of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because then they're they're in the conference championship game as well. Yeah, with one loss. Yeah. So, okay. So about half of the awards, I think you could have some consideration for some West Virginia players there. That's one good. more loss. I mean, I know they only have two losses right now, but I mean, they would be nine right. of three, one more loss in this point forward. He's coach of the year probably at that point. Yeah. All right. That's a good little tangent there um, to more fully answer those questions. Um, okay. I don't know if we're going to sit here and list all these, but another question from Jay Mole 1989 is the very next one. How many future pros do you think are on the current roster? There's a number of them, sure. Yeah, I think it gets a little more difficult the further out you have to project. You know, we're talking C.J. Donaldson, like, already as a freshman. Sure, think it, but he's still got two more years before he can even declare. So let me pause you there. Where's he playing? Good point. I, I don't know yet. Like, he's a good college prospect. Don't get me wrong. But, like, is he going to be tight end? Like, is he me a guy that, like, is like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a Mo Alley Cox. You know what I mean? Like, a guy who's kind of positionless. Like, he was, like, what, yeah. like college basketball tight end. Right. They, they, they developed it for a couple years. Or or a Rico Gathers, a guy who develops for a couple years, becomes, like, a, a problem in, like, mm-hmm. a hybrid thing. I don't know. Is he a halfback in the NFL? I don't think so. Um, receiver, probably not. Like he's he's talented. Don't get me wrong, but I wonder about him in the NFL. But that's that's a long ways from now for sure. Well, I think it's safe to say that one way or another, West Virginia's streak of NFL players being drafted will restart this off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's safe to assume that Dante Stills will hear his name called at at some point. You know, I think you can make all sorts of arguments for where and when, but, um, you know, last, last year was the first time, God, I did a whole story on this since 2007, 2008, you know, West Virginia had one of the longest streaks in the nation of having players drafted, uh, that ended this past season. Um, I think it starts back up again this year. So I think that's safe to say. Okay. Fair. Um, probably some offensive linemen. Yeah. Bryce for Wheaton probably gets drafted. I would think so. I think he's got all the all the tools. You know, we always talk about it. I, I always get frustrated when you see guys that are extremely productive in college and they don't even get a look. They don't even get considered. Um, you know, I, I mean, we're talking because there'll be guys that'll be all conference and sometimes even all American that will not even get drafted. Um, we've seen it in West Virginia. Uh, I guess uh, Tyler Orlowski. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, you know, guys like that, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, short arms or whatever, you, you know, we want to say about why or, or they didn't get drafted or something, but they're just amazing players. Um, as for some reason, he was his first time 
top of my head, I keep thinking of interior linemen seems to be a thing with West Virginia. I mean, Quentin Spain, it, it was great. Didn't get drafted. Ended up starting for a Super Bowl team. So it, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I think, man, I think you could talk. But oh, sorry, I was going with the Bryce Ford Wheaton thing because yeah, he's he's everything you want. He's what six three. He's two fifteen. Muscle. Uh, great, you know, big, long arms, wingspan, fast, can jump, all that stuff that they're looking for in the NFL. So I could. Okay, here you go. Is Bryce Ford draft NFL drafts tomorrow? Is Bryce Ford Wheaton getting drafted before Dante Stills? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let me answer your question with a question. Okay. Is Bryce Ford Wheaton going pro? Let me answer your question to my question with another question. Is JT Daniels going pro? Like there's, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's not get too far ahead here, but like, listen, I'll tell you this. Like, I don't have to tell anybody. I spent a lot of time talking to people about the coaching situation and pros and cons. I don't have to say that. Understood. A case to be made for for not changing anything is not just the immediate future, but like there's a chance that this team is loaded on offense next year. Loaded. Um, it takes a lot of talking people into stuff too. But if people really like the coach and the coordinators, they're more likely to come back. And you go down there too deep on offense. Show me a senior. It's like Brian Palendi. And like everybody else can come back. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but like there is certainly a, a way that you could spin things where if they do heat up and they get close to where they want to be at the end of the season they, and they like what they're doing and they like the people that are around them. And listen, if they if they do get hot, they are likely to like their surroundings. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you could bring a ton of people back on offense, a ton, including the quarterback, the receiver, the entire offensive line, the entire offensive line, Chris. Um, like there's a chance they could be very, very good on offense next year. Why that has to do with the draft, I have no idea. <laughs> I I feel like you wanted to get something off your chest there, Mike. Oh, you keep me up. Yeah, let me just I'll, I'll clip that. We'll make it a separate video, and then we'll just put it out everywhere so that everybody can hear. Mike says everybody's coming back. West Virginia 2023 hype train begins. Sources tell <laughs> your sports that everybody's coming back, but like go down the list. Like there's not a lot of seniors on the roster and like hardly any of them run on the offensive side that are in like, again, nothing against Palendi, but like significant positions. All right. Now that we've got excited about the offense, 
maybe I'll be a Debbie. I'm going to, I know you, this is going to bring you down. Um, cause it's your favorite question that was asked 12 times in this mm-hmm. mailbag. West Virginia starting secondary for Texas and moving forward. I, I'm just summarizing, like I said, about 12 different questions that were in here because it, it's a hot topic. Like I'm not making fun of the people for asking it because it is. So I mean, it's been the biggest weakness on this team. Maybe not specifically corners, but kind of just cover past defense, uh, second and third level defense. Um, is one. Will they make a change? Two, will that change make a difference? I don't think Spells is going to start. No. I, I think you'll see his role increase, but I don't think he'll start either. Yeah. Um, and this is not to take away from what he did. He did catch a pass thrown not directly to him, and he did return it for a touchdown. So those are good plays. Don't get me wrong. But had a holding penalty and a punt and probably should have given up a touchdown. Kind of hard to forget that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the special teams thing, I'm willing to forgive, but I'm kind of one of those guys who believes in like the order of events doesn't necessarily matter to me so much, but the events matter. And almost giving up a touchdown and getting a pick six, they don't offset because they're obviously not the same, but they still matter. And like if you flip the order, if he had returned a touchdown earlier in the game, but kind of scared you with a pick six late in the game, would you feel differently about him too? Probably. But if they still both happen, you probably should evaluate them the same so when they happen doesn't really matter to me so much and i might be unique like that but i also just think throwing him out there for 70 snaps against texas and xavier worthy or whomever's quarterback <laughs> receiver is not the best thing for him never mind the defense it's like this is a talent obviously so develop him and they've been really good about that i mean if you look at jordan jefferson probably i would say him in particular sean martin as well like you might question some of these decisions but they do seem like they have a general welfare and a general plan of mind, and they're probably putting something like that into actual spells. So the thing is that, like, you and I think, Chris, that corner is not like defensive line. Andrew wilson Lamp may have something to say about that. So they have a plan for how to break these guys in and develop them, and he's going to be on a schedule. Did he accelerate it? He probably did. Um, why he wasn't out there earlier in the season, I don't know. But it's also possible that, again, he just had a ball thrown to him and he made a good play on it and returned it for a touchdown against a team that did have a very good offense and a very good quarterback. I'm with you. I think, again, I haven't been calling specifically for spells to play more. I've been calling for change, trying something new. You know, I I repeated it a thousand times on here. I don't like it when something doesn't work and you just keep doing the same thing. And then West Virginia is not doing the same thing on defense this year uh, or, or the last couple of weeks. They're trying new things. They're trying new guys. That is extremely positive to see. And I think it will continue. And I think as the weeks progress, you will see them maybe make changes. Like you, I think you're going to see, you know, I'm not expecting all of a sudden it, it's I'm, I'm basically repeating what you're saying here, Mike, that, that it, they're not just going to go, Jacoby spells from zero to 70, literally zero snaps to 70 snaps in like two weeks. It, it was, uh, what do you play? 28 against um, Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe this week it's like 35 or 34. And then the week after that, it's 38 and kind of just go from there and, and, and break him in and ease him into more of a full time role. If, if 
you know, his play continues to back it up, continues to improve because yes, that, that one, I think it was like the first play that he was in for or the first drive that he was in was when he, I mean, probably could have been called for defensive holding and then kind of released his guy. He went, now I know there was some discussion, at least on our board that, it was maybe more of a miscommunication. It seemed like he was literally passing the receiver off to the safety and the safety was supposed to take him or he thought the safety was supposed to take him in coverage there and and there was no safety there. But on top of that, communication or not, he went completely flat-footed, which is one of the cardinal sins of playing in the defensive backfield, not just cornerback, safety, whatever. I mean, I guess playing anywhere, you never want to be flat-footed when you're on a football field and a play is going on, and he was completely flat-footed. So then all of a sudden, he's starting from a literal stop to try to get up to full speed to catch up to somebody. So communication or not, there's some fundamental issues there that need to be worked on, um, trying to stay, you know, basically just staying focused and, and staying true to what you're supposed to be doing at that position at all times. And he's a true freshman. It's going to take some time. And, and so I think you're right that doesn't need to just jump from zero snaps a week or two ago to 70 snaps in Austin against a potential All-American wide receiver and uh, maybe a former five-star number one quarterback in the country in, in Quinn Ewers. So, yeah, I'm with you. Let's let's ease it in a little bit. It's a good conversation for the transfer portal topic, too, because um, really celebrated freshman. Should I say, like, he's from South Florida, too? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, like, that's, I'm sorry, but like, that's, people worry about that sometimes. You come from certain parts of the country, you play big time high school football, you think you can play. And when you don't play, you get discouraged. And he's playing now and really right on time. When you look at like that whole four game thing, can kind of be tricky, but he's in a position now to really elevate himself. And you kind of have to do that. If you, if you just put a red shirt on this guy at the start of the year, whether he plays four games or one game or no games, you really run the risk of losing him. Um, and not to, I'm not just picking him out because of him, but like any player who fits that bill, offense, defense, if you're from a good part of the country and you play good high school football and you're not playing for a team that isn't winning at a high level, you're going to wonder about your future. But now he's got something to worry about besides where he's going to play next year. Well, they're going to help us easily transition into something here, Mike, because one of the other questions was, and I was just going to answer in the written portion, but I guess we can talk about it real quick here from Lynn Kofta. <clears throat> How many players entered the portal now that the fourth game is over? Um, alluding to the fact that you know you can play four games and still redshirt for the season, and we have seen over the years, you know, hey, a, a player here, a player there, play the four games, and then that's it, and they transfer uh, to in order to say they redshirt the rest of the year, keep a year of eligibility. Um, went back and looked, trying to figure out, you know. Is this a thing to be concerned about? And I think West Virginia fans are or were because I believe it was it the first year that this was allowed when Giovanni Stewart did it. Um, I don't know, maybe like allowed, but I think wasn't that when they started talking about the four game rule? Was that that way and those guys, right? All the same year. Yeah, Tevin Tevin Bush and, and Giovanni Stewart were all. Like right after the fourth game, Petaway. Oh yeah, Petaway. I forgot he didn't actually enter the transfer portal till much later, but he didn't play, like, and agreed upon like benching. I guess. I don't yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Yes. Right. <laughs> Whatever we want to call it. 
But so 19 was bad the first year that that was allowed. And I'm pretty sure that was the first year it was allowed because I I mean, fans were just that Giovanni Stewart situation was was something. Because um, right when God, it was like right before kickoff, all of a sudden it was like Stewart's just not here, just not coming out. Um, and that's that. But I look back, I don't see too many from the next couple of years. I mean, I look at last year and there was there was a run. There was a handful that that transferred in October um, out of the program. But here here are the names. James Thomas and, and their names and what I recall being their spot on the depth chart at the time. James Thomas, third string Will linebacker or Mike linebacker, Eddie Watkins, Third, fourth straight, you know, these guys, some of these guys aren't even on the depth chart. Kerry Martin, I believe, had played like 19 snaps. Daryl Middleton had played like 12 snaps. Uh, Devil Washington had not played and was moved from wide receiver to linebacker. Uh, Avarius Sparrow was, what, fourth string running back? So I think maybe you look out for those types of guys, guys that are third, fourth uh, string on the, on the, on the roster right now or at their position, maybe that's something you watch for, but it's hard to imagine guys pulling a Giovanni Stewart right now. A very Sparrow, by the way. Mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee. <laughs> hey, I wasn't going to bring it up since that was one of your charity bets picks. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's the, Mi- the Miami double? Brutal. I didn't even look to see if... Uh, Oh yeah, the they won. Red Hawks kept their yeah, they won. So yeah. you had the Red Hawks and the Hurricanes, and it was the Hurricanes that screwed you. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, Mr. Sparrow did not get in on the the day ruining for me, but has uh, eight carries, five um, rushes. I saw him on the sideline. Was the reason I brought that up because I did see him. I was like, I think I know that guy, and I did. But um, not many of those guys have gone on to illustrious careers either. No. Um, I say we were just looking at, I think, I think Martin's playing for Akron. Uh, but he was a guy that at the time, you know, they were rumored to be talking about, you know, redshirting him for the entire season. So you understood why he was leaving. Daryl Middleton, I think played like a dozen snaps and he's at a D three school. He's currently listed on Bethel university's roster, but has not played in a game at a division three program. So, you know, for a lot of the people that were you know, wondering why he wasn't playing a ton at West Virginia, I mean, there's several reasons, but, you know, right now he, he can't get on the field for a D3 program. So let's sometimes I think a lot of people need to slow slow down a little bit when it comes to guys leaving the program and, and the devastating program altering impact it might have. Do you think that the, the windows will slow this down? It doesn't really, oh. doesn't really affect it necessarily. You can still announce your decision to transfer or to not play anymore. But right. I wonder if it keeps people from doing it now, too. Yeah. Oh, man. I I mean, I just talked about that with somebody the other day, but I, you're right. Like, I guess no one's going to yeah, Hey, no one's going to enter the portal this week. We can guarantee that. Um, but, yeah, they might pull. I, I guess we'll call it a, a pet away or whatever and just not be playing. And, you know, I mean, I, they're, you're right. The guys could just not be on the roster, could not be around the team and just be going to school and they can't contact other programs and other programs can't contact them since they'll not be in the portal. But 
they can start the process. As we all know, there are people who can handle that type of stuff, if mm-hmm. you will. Something to keep an eye on. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Roll through here. One last question, because this we'll we'll finish it with this, because this starts today, at least for you and I. Basketball season. First day of practice today, Monday, September twenty sixth. And we got a question from Main Ear one hundred five. What should I look forward to more, Mike? The rest of the football season or the upcoming basketball season? Kind of excited about football, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I say there's there's no reason to be done with football right now at all. Like I, I know there's times, I know there's been years where basketball starts and you're just thankful that the hope for a new sport is there. But I don't think things are done with football right now. So I, I think it's a good time to, hey, just root for both of them and come to the site twice as often. How about that? There you go. Guys are making clicks. There you <laughs> I can't believe I just laughed at your Bob Huggins twist on that. Oh, uh, what's going to happen when that comes up today? We got guys who can make shots. Got they, but the, the most important question, do they like each other? Wonderful guys. Um, by the way, this is the first time I've seen Huggins since he was named to the Hall of Fame. Never mind inducted. I was just thinking about that the other day. I haven't seen him forever. Um, like, end of the season, like, there was a couple things afterwards. And then he got, when did he get announced for the Hall of Fame? Like, May? Yeah, it was, yeah, I think that's about when they do it. Like, it's after, no, wait, don't, do they not announce it during, like, the Final Four? Well, okay, well, he wasn't at the Final Four, so I wasn't yeah. covering that. So, like, it was some time ago, I'm sure. Um, and then, like, just, there was no celebration for him on campus. Like, there was no, like news conference saying hey you did it congratulations there was a zoom i think which i couldn't attend but that was two weeks ago so it's kind of a typical huggins thing you know where like big thing happens and he's just kind of like eh whatever not a big deal to him although yeah. i'm pretty sure it is but like typical huggins my, my thing being that, like he's not going to really throw a parade for himself there too and will probably let the university do that so um i'm sure i'll have things to say about that today probably a big weekend for him that he can finally talk about now yeah april 2nd yeah they announced it the during final four weekend yeah so, so haven't seen him in a yeah, while seen so him since then looking forward to the goatee the slick back hair i'm sure i'll have something to say about my appearance as he usually does so just like old times i just i just i i we saw him on zoom a couple weeks ago for the hall of fame thing and i'm disappointed that my favorite one was the year where he was spotted at a recruiting event late july august somewhere around there and just looked completely tan like <laughs> and with it with the white goatee completely tan and i think okay god was it somebody called and asked if that was uh uh chris christopherson or something like that just a completely <laughs> tan chris christopherson with the white beard and everything it was it's just a fantastic picture of him at, at some recruiting event and looking like he just stepped back uh off a beach from panama or something well, he's got that cabin down in, or the cabin in the woods of Preston County, and he's got the beach house down in Florida, too. So, um, I don't know. Maybe he's getting pretty content about those long summers in the sun. Yeah. But not this year. 
No, Lots sir. of questions to ask and answer today, too, about how they're going to make this work. 14 players, 13 scholarships, nine freshmen or transfers. Um, and schedule's not easy, too, so there will be a lot of a lot to look forward to there, too. So I guess you could maybe eyes wide open and maybe, like, look through your fingers at the other sport. I don't know. Like, football going to be eventful for sure. I think basketball is going to be eventful, but, like, it might be a bit of a rock tumbler early. Until they figure some things out, just because that schedule is like there's some quick action, like four games in eleven days to start, and then you get that tournament in in Oregon. It's, it's going to be pretty heavy duty, pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely, and and no let up either. I think I glanced over that at schedule, and man, the start to Big Twelve play whew, that ain't easy. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least seven ranked teams. Five in the Big 12, Auburn. Uh, if they win, they get Gonzaga, be seven. Purdue ranked? Can't remember. I don't know. A lot of good basketball early on throughout the season. Then in the middle of Big 12 play, you get Auburn. That's going to be fun, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they both. The answer is both. Absolutely. Well, Mike, what do you got coming up this week? Typical things. Got text from game day up right now. We'll uh, we'll ask some questions about week four that have to be answered in week five. And then we'll get into our uh, elbow deep in Texas prep. Lots of matchups here, including a couple you might like and might want to worry about, too, depending on who plays for both sides. You have a Charles Woods update for us? Not right now. I know that was in the mailbag, uh, but I haven't heard anything new. I mean, he's he's moving around. I, again, what was that? Surgery was last week, a week ago. So expect at least, you know, three, four more weeks before anything really to start coming up with him. And another guy who could be back next year, too. Mm-hmm. God, red God. Uh, red Mike is starting the hype train. Get those WVU 2023 futures now. Caesar Sportsbook partnering with CBS, of course. Until next time, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.